Well, the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, you have given us uh, forebears who have articulated uh, your faith for us, and we thank you so much for that. Pray that we be good stewards of, of what they've given to us and what you have given to us through them. Uh, good stewards of uh, the daunting task of describing uh, your nature, and particularly today, describing the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would give us grace, that you would correct us where we are in error, and that you would be glorified uh, as we uh, come together to ponder these beautiful things. We ask all this for your glory and for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let us, uh, you should have before you the portion of the Nicene Creed that we have covered and are covering today. So we begin with the Holy Spirit. So this is not the whole Nicene Creed, but this is the part that we have, uh, that we're covering today. So let's uh, uh, repeat it, uh, recite it from the beginning. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, He rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and His kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, He is worshipped and glorified. Okay. We believe in the Holy Spirit. So we come finally to the third and final article of the Nicene Creed. First article, of course, is we believe in God the Father. Second article is we believe in Jesus Christ, His Son. And the third is we believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, You can see again that the Creed is written very intentionally in in a particularly... Uh, Trinitarian form, right? We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ the Lord. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Uh, this, of course, is because when Jesus was departing, he was at the um, uh, he was commissioned the Great Commission uh, for the disciples. Go and make disciples uh, of all nations. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' baptism, of course, we see Jesus there, present, uh, and, um, and then the voice of the Father and the Holy Spirit coming down, resting upon Him uh, like a dove. Uh, we see uh, in creation, uh, the Father is there, the Spirit of the Lord is hovering over the waters, He speaks, the Father speaks the Word, God speaks His Word, and of course we understand the Word in, in the New Te- from a New Testament lens, we understand the word is, uh, is Christ, the will of the Father expressed. Uh, 
When we say, this is the third time we've said we believe. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus. And we believe in the Holy Spirit. And do you remember what, in the, what the Nicene understanding of belief is? We talked about that early on. Credo, then that's the Latin word, but yeah, it's the same, we're getting the same place. What, that's the word, but what is the, what's the gist? To live, into. to live into. That's a good way to say it. What else? I think what, what I understand you to mean, uh, to live into, is to entrust ourselves to. Not just to have a belief like I believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, um, which I have pretty good evidence for, right? You know, but... Um, or I believe that somebody else knows more about uh, you know much quantum physics than I do. I believe that you know, um, but I but I, in fact, I entrust myself to to the Father, and I entrust myself to the Son, and I am entrusting myself to the Holy Spirit. I always think about I believe in God the way I believe uh, way a rope climber believes in the rope that he's hanging from. Um, I entrust my whole life. Now remember, what were they gathering for in the, at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D.? What, what was the purpose of their gathering? Do you remember this? Confront the to confront the heresy, specifically about the nature of what? Jesus. Of Jesus. Was He God? Was He a person? Was He created? Was He not created? Was he, uh, and, and so that took some time to figure out. Um, they needed to articulate, in, in order to find consensus about the dual natures of Christ uh, and how they were to be understood, they had to find consensus and really articulate fully their belief in the triune God. So they say, we believe in God the Father. He is the creator of all that is. He is uh, of all that is seen, of all that is unseen. This is what we believe about the Father. Then we believe in Jesus Christ uh, he is the Lord. He is God from God. He is light from light. He is, by the power of the Holy Spirit, incarnate from the Virgin Mary. He is, uh, for our sakes, suffered under Pontius Pilate. He died. He rose again. He ascended. He is at the right, seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again. And what did they say about the Holy Spirit? Nothing. <laughs> they said, and we believe in the Holy Spirit, period. Let's go have lunch. That's... Actually, there was a paragraph after, but it went back to the nature of Jesus and called anathema uh, to anyone who believed in the Arian heresy, although that somehow, surprisingly, didn't keep people from believing the Arian heresy. Um, but all they said about, was about the Holy Spirit was, we believe in the Holy Spirit. That was it. They weren't there to discuss the nature and the qualities of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit. And they, and I think, it seems in my reading, that they basically took the Holy Spirit for granted. He was the presence of God. Um, the presence of God with His people, right? But because, you can imagine, as, as the flames of the Arian heresy continued to burn across the Mediterranean world, because it didn't just say it, they didn't just quit believing it because the bishop said it was you know, not true, the Holy Spirit actually became a favorite target of the Arians. And if Jesus wasn't created and the Holy Spirit was the third person of the Trinity, I mean, if, uh, if Jesus was created and the Holy Spirit comes after Jesus, in a sense, as we understand the Trinity, then surely the Holy Spirit is not God either. 
And, um, and so there's this sort of taunting that comes, uh, comes with it and questions that arise from well-meaning people who want to be orthodox and yet at the same time, they're just not sure because it makes a lot of sense. If Jesus isn't God, then the Holy Spirit's not God either or it's just the presence of God, but it's actually God. And what, do we, what do we understand about the Holy Spirit? And so there was this need to articulate uh, the Holy Spirit. And so what we have actually was given to us in 381. So you can see how quickly church history moves, right? <laughs> 60 years later, in the Council of Constantinople. Now, Nicaea was a little town, as far as I can tell, uh, sort of this, uh, not too far from Constantinople. But Constantinople was the big, the big empire, the center of the empire at that point, and uh, Constantine, I believe, was far gone at that point. So what we have is, is later than Nicaea, but it's still in the Nicene Creed, as we call it the Nicene Creed. But some people call it the Nicene-Constantinopolian Creed, and that is uh, too complicated. So we just call it the Nicene Creed. But it's, you know, it, it makes sense, though, if you think about it, that the theology of it continued to develop. It wasn't, I mean, it was ratified in council, and then they had to meet again, and they had to meet again, because these are important big issues, and it just... They didn't have the internet and email, so they had, they had to you know, ride on horses to meet together and, and all of this. So it just took a while. It took a long while. Church history really does not move very quickly. In fact, it should not move very quickly. We have testimony of the Holy Spirit through, all throughout both Testaments, of course. The Spirit of the Lord, that's the, of, that's the, uh, the word Yahweh, Lord, not just uh, Master, but um, the unspoken name of God, the spirit of the unspoken name of God, Yahweh, is, uh, was hovering over the waters in creation. He's always there. In Psalm 51, David uh, pleads, this is his uh, prayer of confession and repentance after his sin with Bathsheba, and he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. So there is this awareness of the Holy Spirit, and yet, again, as far as I can tell, I'm, I'm not a theologian per se, uh, but um, the Holy Spirit was not viewed as a separate person of a triune entity in the, Holy, in the Old Testament. Uh, that it was the presence of God, maybe angelic. Um, we see it uh, like, I mean, for instance, the Shema, which is the, the great prayer, uh, says the Lord our God is one. To understand that the Lord was three, or even two would have been controversial to say the least. So when the Spirit of the Lord is present, like in the temple uh, in Jerusalem, or upon the ark, or uh, in the pillar of cloud, simply understood as the presence of God. That God was manifesting Himself uh, in a way that people could relate to on a way more normal than they would if He wasn't there. And so it was. they called it the Spirit. Um. And, and so whenever we see um, the Holy Spirit in coming upon a person in the Old Testament, it is uh, temporary. And it is for a particular person and for a particular purpose. Uh, it might be to prophesy. It might be for a military victory. Um, but it is not like we understand it today. It was not until Pentecost came, after the ascension of Jesus... We see this in Acts chapter 2, 
that the Holy Spirit came and was unquestionably available to all, all believers. The Holy, when you accept Christ, you cannot accept Christ into your heart. I mean, that's actually sort of a misnomer because Christ is at the right hand of God, but He is present with us, but He's present by the Holy Spirit. So I remember when um, Caroline was three or four and we went to the doctor's office and they said, um, and, and the doctor said, oh, you know, did the stethoscope, oh, Caroline, I can hear your heart. And she said, can you hear Jesus? <laughs> I was like, I'll use that later. Don't you worry about it. He's not a little guy living around in our heart. In fact, our heart is just a muscle, right? We call our heart the same thing. It's the seat of our emotions. It's our soul. And, and he is present with us, but he is present because he is one with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Peter, in, in that Right in his sermon, after, right after Pentecost, remember all these people came out and, and what is that sound? And, and Peter stands up and calls them to repentance. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This is new. This was uh, uh, an unprecedented claim and yet Peter had just witnessed it and experienced it for himself. And in fact, he could speak this way because he had the Holy Spirit in him. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Kind of weirds us out sometimes a little bit, depending on our... I mean, if we grew up Pentecostal, it just seemed like normal, except we... I had some friends who grew up Pentecostal, and they just learned... They said, if, yeah, I just knew if I could whisper the words... Uh, I bought a Mitsubishi, but I should have bought a Honda. I bought a Mitsubishi, but I should have bought a Honda. People would think they were speaking in tongues and would leave them alone. Hubba bubba bubble gum. Hubba bubba bubble gum. Hubba bubba bubble gum. One answer to your question. It wasn't just two or three minutes ago. I just had a duh moment when you said... In the wilderness, the pillar of fire, the cloud and the pillar of fire was the Holy Spirit. And I was like, duh. I thought it was was God. So in answer to your question, the Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Yes, and yet yet, the Holy Spirit is not Jesus because the Holy Spirit is distinct. But, yeah. But? But? The math is strange, isn't it? We'll use this phrase a few times: divine arithmetic. What? Um, what else? What is? What is your experience of the Holy Spirit? Yes, Carol. By the way, I was going to say is that if you, because I've always, I think, as I've said, Father George before, because he once gave a wonderful, wonderful sermon. Just once. Of him, and it is still too blinding and bright for us, 
right? And so again, it's God, but it's not God and all that. And yet, if you think of it only as as a, some sort of manifestation, then the problem because becomes in a way you negate Christ because it's not Christ also just a manifestation as well. And so again, I was just kind of pointing out to what's your point. The religious arithmetic doesn't work. <laughs> and so one of those things you just have to accept as a leap of faith and that it makes sense. And it's 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 part of the manifestation of of the Trinity that we have to accept right. in its own special way. And Father Father George has to dig that sermon out and hand it around next time you do. <laughs> well, in fact, it's funny you should say that because uh, Father George will lead this class next week. I will not be here. So he, Father George, it looks like your preparation is done. That's, that's wonderful. I have a question. Yes. Me too. Go ahead. When... When Saul had his revelation or had his experience, was that with the Holy Spirit? Was that with Jesus? What came upon it, Saul? It seems, Paul? yeah. So it seems that um, that the Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, before he was called Paul, he was called Saul, and and that it seems that it was in fact the person of Jesus who appeared to him on the road to Damascus. So he actually saw Jesus. Yes. Does it say that in the Bible? It does. He said it. And he talks about the apostles. After he was resurrected, he appeared to the apostles. And last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared to me. And so, yeah, it does. It does. He does say that. That was in person. And is that why he was struck blind temporarily? Because of the... The blinding light. I mean, perhaps. And and also, I think, as, um, as a sacramental demonstration to him that he had been, in fact, spiritually blind. Okay. Yeah. And then when he was prayed for in the name of Christ, um, it was, the scales fell from his eyes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was able to see. Thank yeah. You. Sure. Sure. Does the Old Testament give more of a discussion of the Holy Spirit or give more an There's no, the, really, in either Testament, there's really no theological treatise of any sort on the Holy Spirit. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Um, it is really an extrapolation. Uh, in fact, everything that is said about the Holy Spirit in this creed is um, extrapolation and experiential. That He is the Lord, that He is the giver of life, is uh, not without scriptural merit, but it is, it is without scriptural sort of exactness. Does that make sense? Okay. So what about the Jewish faith? Do they believe in the Father George said he would cover that next week. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have something to add. Yes, sir. From the little bit of Hebrew that I learned at seminary, the, um, the Hebrew word ruha means spirit. Yes. It means breath. It means wind. All the same thing. And just in the context, you can tell difference but when you when you see that the spirit is over the waters in creation it's the breath of God that's over the waters and it's the breath of God that breathes life into the old dead dry bones um, and it fits perfectly with the early Christian belief of the Holy Spirit coming and, and being the breath of God to new Christians to enlighten them Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, it's further down in my notes, but no, that's no big deal. Surely, 
just we'll just blame the Holy Spirit, right? That's 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 what we'll do. The Holy Spirit is what dwells with us now. Christ is risen, so He's with with God. I think what we get caught up is we need to make them different entities, and then and they're not. They are. They are different entities, and they are one God. Right. That's <laughs> the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. They are one God in three persons. Duh. No, I'm just going to get it. Is. That's where we get the problem is that we, we're so used to The only reason the Nicene Creed would have to even come into existence is because there was so much disagreement and about... Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the church hadn't gotten a lot better over the centuries of, of, of not having disagreement. But um, the, the, the thing is, is that when we are trying to articulate the nature of God, we are articulating things beyond the scope of language and human understanding. We're doing the best we can, you know. So um, we don't understand how something can be three and one at the same time. Um, but what the creed does is it emphasizes the co-equality of the Spirit and makes in, in no uncertain terms uh, that the Holy Spirit is in fact divine. That He is God, that He is without origin. Uh, he originates because He proceeds from the Father and the Son. We'll talk about that in a minute. But He, um, but he is not created. And we, we emphasize this by saying that He is the Lord. Now we've just said earlier on, we confessed, we believe in one Lord. Jesus Christ. And so just as we said we believe in one God, and then we said that Jesus is God from God, then uh, we just said there is one Lord, and the Holy Spirit is also the Lord. There's the divine math again, right? So um, essentially what we're stating is that the Holy Spirit is homoousios, which is to say he is one substance with the Father and the Son. Remember the word homoousios? Uh, when we talked about uh, Jesus, that's the Greek word meaning that He is of the same substance, of one being with the Father. And so is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, he is incontrovertibly and uncontroversially God. And so we don't have to worry about it. Is it wrong to pray to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, no. Come Holy Spirit. That is a great prayer. Uh, it is... No more, it is just as good, I should say, we can say it positively, it's just as good to pray to the Holy Spirit as it is to the Father or to the Son. But we don't, but, but we, we do that understanding that when we're praying to one, we're praying to all. It helps us sort of understand and think about it. The Father is primary, but He is not superior. He, the Son is second, but He is not God Jr. He is one with the Father. And the Spirit is third, His entire purpose, and when I say He, I don't mean masculine. Uh, the Spirit is third, and He glorifies the Father and the Son by speaking truth and convicting us of sin and carrying out the Father's will. In perfect accord. They exist in a sort of dance. Um, if you, you, Did your kids or grandkids ever have one of those fidget spinners? You know what I'm talking about? Like It's, just, it's like a three, usually they're three-pronged little things, and they have this thing, and they just spin. You know what I'm talking about? When you spin it really fast, you hold the middle, you spin it really fast, you can't tell the different parts. And that's kind of like the Trinity, right? 
You can't tell. There's three prongs, but you can't tell. They have this dance. The Father is always lifting up the Son, glorifying the Son, giving Him all authority in the power of the Spirit. The Son is always pointing to the Father and sending the Spirit. The Spirit is always glorifying the Father and the Son. Not, none of them seeks attention. They all three seek to lift the other two up. And where do you and I live? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. That is one of the great mysteries that we are brought into. And we're not God. I'm not saying we're God. But we're brought right into the fellowship of all three. That is what it means to live the Christian life or to accept Christ into your heart or however you want to, to say it. Um, the Holy Spirit is the Lord. And He is the giver of life. And this is the place in my notes where uh, I say that He is this, the Hebrew word ruach. Ruach, which is... Uh, breath or wind, um, which you've already heard. Um, yeah. When God breathes into Adam's nostrils, like He creates Adam, but He's just a dead, pe- just dead bones, flesh and bones. He breathes into He ruach. They don't put an S on it to make it active. That's sort of Hebrew English, but. Um, he breathes into him. It's the Holy Spirit that put life into the womb of the virgin. Remember? Because it was by the power of the Holy Spirit he became. That's where he was. He's the life giver. And he put life into the dead body of Jesus in the tomb. So he and he is the one that gives you life. Which is to say eternal life. Right? Uh, and we now live by the Spirit. Romans 8 is, is a great... Uh, treatise on living by the Spirit and no longer by the law, no longer by flesh. And, and Paul says in Romans 8, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through His Spirit who lives in you. His Spirit dwells physically, I think, at least geographically, in your body, in your soul, in your mind, it is available to you anywhere you are. The, you know, that's, that's what the, uh, that great Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Because anywhere you are, uh, we, uh, you know, we just watched uh, this incredible movie uh, at our house uh, that I, apparently Luke and Amy have seen before, but I've never seen called The Martian. You guys seen The Martian? With uh, Jason, Jason, not Jason Bourne, but the guy who played Matt Damon, um, it is amazing. He's on Mars, and if he had prayed right there, he would have. You know, he doesn't. I don't think, but um, but he certainly would have um, had the full attention of God Almighty. Uh, again, I've referred to, and I I've heard a few times in this series referred to the shack, that the book, and um, and one of the things that I've the, the picture of forgiveness is always one of the things that stands out. But another thing I remember about the shack, from me reading it years and years ago, is that the description of the Holy Spirit figure uh, was that the Holy Spirit was, was female, but um, if you look directly at the Holy Spirit figure, she was blurry around the edges, and you could see her better by looking out the side of your eye. I just thought that was a really sort of insightful way to think about the Holy Spirit. You couldn't quite get a beat. She kind of glitched a little bit. You couldn't quite get a beat on her directly because she's always doing what she's going to do. 
And when I say she or he, of course, God doesn't. God, God defies any sort of gender that we can that we can describe him or her with. Not, well, I mean, I'm certainly not getting into any woke vocabulary, um, which is not typically my mo. But I just, um, I, I just don't want us to think of the Holy Spirit as one or the other, uh, and therefore unrelatable to one or the other of us. Um, that that. God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is entirely nurturing, entirely in charge, entirely whatever we, you know, whatever He is and whatever we need to be. I typically say He, because that's how it is revealed to us in Scripture. But I don't. I think that's the problem with language, not with Him. Anyway, so that's what I want to say. So, the Holy Spirit is the Lord and the Life Giver, the power, um, or the the. Uh, the person, the Lord, and the power of God. The, um, and, he, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Now, this is, in fact, the most controversial thing in the entire Nicene Creed, that He proceeds from the Father and the Son, because when they wrote it, even in the Council of Constantinople, the later one, it only said, he proceeds from the Father. That's all it said. And then somebody in Spain started saying, oh, they kind of felt like Jesus got left out. So they just put in and the Son. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And it kind of caught on. And then it was ratified for all the Western churches at the Council of Toledo in like 681, nobody consulted the Eastern churches. And in like, like you know, Byzantium or Constantinople and, and um, all of the, the ones around, and they got kind of upset about it. And it led to the Orthodox faith, the great schism in, um, in 1000, 1031 or something like that. And, um, and so to, even to this day, the Orthodox faith, if you go down the road to the Greek Orthodox Church and they say the Nicene Creed, they will say he proceeds from the Father. That's it. Because they, it, they, nobody ever asked them. It probably doesn't mean that they don't think that he proceeds from the Son. And if he proceeds from the Father, then he proceeds from the Son because their will is the same. But wasn't the West so arrogant not to ask? So... I would say, um, so the word, if you ever hear about the filioque clause, that's the, the clause, and the son, filioque. Like Philadelphia, brotherly love, filioque, he proceeds from the father and the son. Um, it's not controversial that the spirit proceeds from the father. Jesus said as much, John 14, 26. But the counselor, that's the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, and the counselor whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things. The Father will send him. Right? Then he says, when the counselor comes, the one I will send, this is in John 15, the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. So again, it's extrapolation to say, well, he proceeds from the Father. He doesn't say he proceeds from the Son, but actually Jesus is the one who's going to send him. Although he just said that the Father is going to send him. Why is that not, why is that not uh, 
Um, contradiction. Both Divine arithmetic. <laughs> right? Their wills are in perfect accord. And so, the, um, the orthodox split was largely because uh, of this. As, as I, 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 there was probably a couple other things. I don't really know my history with that. But um, they thought it, it's not, they do think it was wrong. And, and I would say this, they're Christians. I mean, it's not, like, it's not like you have to believe this in order to be an orthodox, I mean, or small o, orthodox uh, believer. But I do think it's true. And so I think it is, um, I think there should be latitude in this. It is not something we need to go to bat with. They love Jesus. Um, but it is a question, right, of origination. Where does the Holy Spirit come from? It proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Son is begotten of the Father. Remember we said that? It means He originates in the Father. He is not created. There was never a time He wasn't from the Father, but he get, the Father is the source of all that is divine. The Son has no beginning, but He finds His origination. So the Holy Spirit originates in the Father for sure, but does He also originate in the Son? Um, I think it's probably more controversial to ask, do we have to believe that He um, originated in the Son? But if the Spirit does originate in the Son, but the Son originates in the Father, then wouldn't the Spirit ultimately originate with the Father uh, as the source of all this divine? Yeah, I think so. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Just, yes. One thing? I'm sure you should. Uh, I had a parishioner who, uh, in my who moved to Jacksonville. She was of Greek uh, descent. And she wanted to become a member of Justin Martyr Greek Church down on yep. St. Augustine Road. And the... Uh, the Greek priest there uh, wrote me and asked me uh, it, had she been baptized at St. Luke's. And I wrote him back and said yes, and I gave him the dates and everything. Then he called me and he says, I, I, forgive me, I don't know enough about you Episcopalians, but do you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And I said yes. He says, good, then I don't have to rebaptize her. Oh my so, God. I just I thought that was a Yes. We, I mean, even though Paul says in Acts, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and, and every, you will receive the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So if, I mean, I think I mean, there are traditions that just baptize in the name of Jesus and we count that as not a full baptism. But they counted. But they counted ours because we, we got it right. He didn't put the litmus test. Now, tell me about the filioque and her commitment to that. So, as little as I understand about the divine arithmetic, I, uh, I am happy to say that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. But I'm not happy to say uh, that an Orthodox Christian is not a Christian for not believing that. A large-o, big-o, Orthodox. But just, so that's, that's that. But to just in case we were wondering, He's the Lord and the giver of life who proceeds at least from the Father and also from the Son. If in case that doesn't seal the deal for us, he, we says, together with the Father and the Son, He is worshipped and glorified. 
So he is the object of our worship, and the only one we can worship is God. And the, he is the only one who received glory is, is in fact God. There is no creedal doubt, no creedal doubt that the Holy Spirit is in fact God. Wherever he finds his origin, he is not a creature. He is creator, and he is worthy of worship. Now to say that he is glorified is not simply to say that he is praised. Woohoo! But to say, in fact, that we acknowledge that the power and the presence of God reside with the Spirit, and the Spirit of God, Spirit as God rightly has a claim on us. When you glorify God, you are saying, I submit to you as uh, and the sermon, in fact, is, is largely about this. I don't talk about glory specifically. But when we say that we, um, we glorify God, we're submitting ourselves as worthy of our submission, as, as the one who knows better than we do uh, what is best for us. Now, again, a lot of these statements are beyond the scope of the New Testament, but they're uh, confirmed by the experience of the church. So, And I would just conclude, we've got a few more minutes and we can talk about it, but I would just conclude by saying I think the Holy Spirit is way more active than we know to, even know to give Him credit for. That, that the, um, if, like, I didn't feel any crazy spiritual presence when I gave my life to Christ. But I look back on that and there's no way I could have given my life to Christ if He hadn't already been working in my life bringing me to that point. There's no way I could have had the will to choose Christ if, I, uh, if it weren't for the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, how many times uh, did, I mean, how many times are, are, there, um, uh, are, are there episodes in your life where you could have been injured? The other day my brakes went out, they're driving down the road. Uh, the no fluid, I, the caliper failed, and... Um, and I was able to stop the car, thanks be to God, and um, in my own driveway, even better. And so, um, and the, um, and, you know, well, there was steel on steel, and there's enough for it to stop, and I am happy to give all the credit to the Holy Spirit for keeping me and my son safe. Um, is, it, is it always a giver, like, for example, when I, I was just looking it up to, to find out, to see how it's described, because, again, the Holy Spirit has always been my favorite, I don't know. The Trinity. Mm-hmm. That is so confusing. Um, like so, when God strikes um, Pharaoh and the, the, the Lord goes amongst the Egyptians, and you know what we have the Passover, and um, and the scripture actually does say, "I shall go, Yahweh, I am Yahweh, I will go among you." And He doesn't say, "Is so is that?" Is that God or is that the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit is the giver of life, then I would think it's not the Holy Spirit. But I mean, so how do you, how do you, you know? Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Holy. I mean, the Holy Spirit. Just because He's the giver of life doesn't mean He's not the one. The uh, the the one who took away life in in Egypt. I mean, He does in fact say the Spirit of the Lord. You know, come. But it's the presence of God, the will of God. Is yep. Yeah, so how is it? So it's either so when you see that concept of the Lord going amongst you, it is as the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, you know, and I just think a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit. I guess what I'm trying to, when I say He's far more active than we realize, like part what I want to emphasize is that it's not just in miraculous healings and speaking in tongues and and things that kind of are woo woo that we don't really know about particularly, but. 
but he's all around us all the time. And, and I want us to have, you know, just to, to ask him for eyes to see it, and, and, but it's not, um, it's not always these sort of miraculous manifestations. This is what I'm trying, what I was trying to, to get to. But yes, I mean, I, a lot of these questions, like, like you posed, Carol, is, is like I'll just have to ask him when I get there, but at that point I won't be able to come back and tell you. So, um, <laughs> nor would I want to. Uh, yes? Could we not look at this? giver of life as being that spiritual thing that gives us faith. That he gives us that faith to believe. I mean, we're talking these sort of amorphous. Absolutely. I wouldn't say that's all we look at him as, but yes. Yes. You could not believe without the work of the Spirit in you. That's the giver of life. That's being faith. When we talk about predestination, that's what I mean. Like, and I know people sometimes get funny about that word, but that's what I mean, that we couldn't choose him without his work in us. Could, did you make a choice? I mean, I'd made, I made a choice. Could I have made that choice without him first choosing me? I don't think so. Is that a, is that a doctrine of condemnation for someone who hadn't chosen? Absolutely not. It's just, a, it's just a doctrine of comfort for those of us who believe to say, if he made it, then I can't mess it up. Because I feel like I do mess it up. But I have to trust in his mercy. So, but yes, so he is the one who gives us faith. That's not all he does. He's, you, he, you know, when, when you have a, a conscientious prick of, of, of um, your, your conscience, you know, to what a, that's the Holy Spirit. Is it your own wisdom? Maybe. I don't really know how that works. But I'm happy to give Him credit for it. And He's in us and around us. Always. In us and around us. Yes, in us and around us. Always. Always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's Lent. Can't say that. No. Sunday. It is Sunday, but we're not going to say it here. No, we are. Hallelujah. It, we give glory uh, to the Lord for that. So let's just let's just end in prayer. Let's just end in prayer. Uh, God, thank you for the presence, your presence with us as the Holy Spirit. And we don't understand. Three and one and one and three and all the divine arithmetic, but we do understand that you are with us and that you are for us and that you are watching over us. And sometimes you manifest yourself in miraculous and wondrous ways, and sometimes you manifest yourself in ways that we don't even have eyes to see. And yet we are able to breathe because you are with us, Lord God. So we ask that you would just continue to ruach in us and um, and send your spirit among us, that we might be able to do your will and to work in your, walk in your ways, and to love you uh, with gladness and singleness of heart. In Christ we pray, through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Go to church. <laughs>